Welcome to Behind the Standards with United Rentals. This is the podcast where we discuss construction safety, specifically trench excavation and confined space safety, but also other topics that deal with general job site safety as well. I am Rick Plosinski, Customer Training Specialist for United Rentals, and with me are Cam Johnson and Mark Solabello. Cam, please introduce yourself. Yes, sir. Cameron Johnson, District Sales Manager with United Rentals Trench Safety. Happy to be here. I've been in the rental industry for a little over 10 years now. Thank you, sir. And Mark? Hey, Rick. It's Mark Solvello, United Rentals Trench Safety. I'm district sales manager as well, but up in the Northeast District. Been in the trench safety industry for about eight and a half years, uh, covering areas all the way from the Mid-Atlantic all the way up through Maine. Thank you. Now, the purpose of our podcast is to discuss some of the issues surrounding safety in the construction world. And today we're going to discuss seasonal trench safety equipment needs and the safety considerations that should be taken when using this equipment in winter conditions. And Mark, we're going to start with you way up there in New England, because there are not too many places in the United States that have the drastic extreme weather conditions than you do up there. What differences do you see in equipment being used in your particular area? Yeah, thanks, Rick. One of the one of the main ish things that we see once we get into the winter months up here in uh, the northeast region of the United States is uh, some municipalities and cities and states will have a moratorium on road plates. And uh, what that means is they don't allow for contractors to use rope plates to temporarily cover excavations, you know, at night or over the weekends when they're not working. The reason being is that rope plates can severely damage snow plows and be a safety hazard to the snow plow operators and the people who are doing snow removal. So that is important to for the contractors to to check with their uh, local local regulations and the owners of their projects and make sure that they are accounting for any any standards that say they can't use row plates. Usually it's from around December to March uh, or see what the dates are because that can inhibit uh, not only using the row plates and the ability to temporarily cover it, but it can inhibit customer productivity by only allowing customers to open up a certain amount of excavation at, at one time. So it can really change how customers have to go about getting getting their projects done if they're in the middle of the road. So do you see any other additional like trench safety equipment needs that might change from winter versus summer and vice versa? Yeah, so we do have uh, other changes in equipment and, and it's just kind of other things to be aware of when utilizing the trench safety equipment, right? Uh, and a big thing is uh, the frozen ground. The frozen ground can cause long-term shoring solutions to get stuck or lodged in the ground a lot easier. Um, deep excavations where you have either st stacked trench boxes or deep slide rail that'll that'll use multiple panels can become stuck if it's in the ground long-term and it's subject to the ground freezing, thawing, refreezing. When you do have to go remove those boxes or slide rail, it can cause a major problem for getting it out. And Cam, there are a lot of misconceptions about your neck of the woods, right? Because people seem to think, oh, you're in the South. You don't have seasonal issues. You, in fact, do have seasonal issues. Yeah, absolutely, Rick. You know, it's one of those things that uh, even even though we do have excellent weather almost year-round, there, there are certain things that we must consider, right? And when you think of potential hazards, it, it may not only be um, within what we do in the industry, but how about our, our team, right? Our, our, our employees commuting to work, uh, there's a factor there. Our, our team's working on the yard to move materials 
Uh, there's a factor there. Loading trucks, uh, transporting equipment, and even job site safety, right? There, there are potential hazards that a contractor must continuously be aware of during these extreme weather conditions, although they are few and far and in between with us, maybe five to 10 days a year. But severe weather can cause jobs to to potentially shut down. Uh, now we're we're starting to roll into uh, you know the effects of productivity at that point. Yeah, Rick. Just to piggyback on what uh, what Cameron was just saying is is the effects that you can see on seasonality in the winter on job sites. One of the hazards that arises with the frozen ground is the inability to see cracks and potential cave-ins as as easily as you would be able to see in the summertime or the warmer months. So usually when the ground is frozen, it's at least the top two feet, two, three feet or so of the ground. You can you can miss where ground's eroding underneath or there may be some sort of sinkhole situation or uh, you can lose lose soil from the backside of your trench box and the ground will still be frozen above where the soil is has been eroded. And, you know, I, I even had a close near miss like that on a job site a couple of years back where we were standing right on the edge of an excavation. Because what's the first thing you do on a job site? Uh, you walk right up to the excavation and peer on in. So we were standing on the excavation, on the side of an excavation, looking at it, making, you know, making suggestions on how to properly shore the next phase of the project. And when we stepped away and the person went to drag their trench box down the line, the ground ground broke loose and we were standing on nothing but two feet of frozen ground in between a, a ledge and the edge of the trench box. So could have been a, a, a lot worse of a situation for uh, me and the, the contractor involved. But ever since then, that that's something I've always made sure to bring up on toolbox talks or safety talks with our with our guys going to job sites and customers as well. And Rick, as I was speaking as well, right, I think of severe weather in Georgia, Florida, Alabama. We traditionally think of snow and ice as severe weather, but on the other end of the spectrum, right, we also want to consider uh, heavy rainfall, right? Heavy rainfall is a, is a big factor for us and, and even our customers and, and contractors throughout. But in those rainy months, right, heavy rainfall, jobs get sloppy, jobs may get um, unsafe. And at that point, now we start to the potential hazard as well as, again, productivity. And that's when we start to see a demand in um, certain things such as temporary ground protection, right, or, or composite matting, something that allows the, uh, the contractor to continue working in a safe manner, even though there are unfavorable ground uh, conditions, right? And then if I continue right on further down on into Florida, right, we, there's, there's another factor that before had never thought about, but recently uh, doing some more research, hurricane season, right? I've never personally lived in Florida. But uh, being extremely close to it, we are affected by the hurricanes. And as I started to relate to how it affects our business and, and construction in general, um, it, it's, it's heavily impacted, right? And, and whether that's a, a, a delay in jobs, right, due to potential storms that are approaching or just planning for large amounts of rainfall, heavy winds, all of these factors can affect uh, construction and specific to uh, shoring and, and open excavations. And just think about what all of that rain and all of that wet, all of those wet conditions can do to that red Georgia clay, right? I mean, it really can affect the use of this equipment, specifically in the soil conditions that you're talking about and the depth ratings for the particular equipment as well. Absolutely, 100%. These are all uh, factors to consider. Um, and then, you know, outside of that, also the uh, the dewatering uh, solution that's in play, right? You, you need to ensure that you have enough. Uh, head on a pump to to properly uh, remove the 
increase in uh, in rainfall, right? It's gonna it's gonna raise the uh, it's gonna increase the amount of water in the base of that excavation. So all of those are factors, Rick. Yes, sir. Yeah, Cam. I think you hit the nail right on the head with the seasonality of the of the rain. In addition to um, obviously in the in the winter time, you see snow snow and ice melt, which causes the ground to get wet. And as we all know, the the more soil gets wet, the more it acts like water, right? So it, it can take your soil from C60 to C80. Like you said, Rick, affect the depth rating or sometimes make a particular solution not viable at all, taking it from C60 soil to C80 soil. You know, and in, in addition to that, on, on some of our larger excavations, our sheet and frame and our slide rail, the engineers will specify dewater to a certain elevation. And if the water is rises to that, or you do not have the proper dewatering equipment, like you were talking about, Cam, that can violate the, the engineering data on that system and either make cause that system to fail or leave it a potentially treacherous situation for the workers that are in there. So managing the moisture, uh, whether it's snow, snow melt, ice melt, or, or just rain is critical for people uh, in the sea dealing with seasonality and trench work. Mark, you talked about the fact trying to get a trench box out of the ground when it's frozen. What about trying to get a trench box out of the ground when it is sucked in by a bunch of water? Yeah, absolutely, Rick. It's it's uh, that hydrostatic pressure is is no joke. If it's it's can form suction on the outside of the box and it will make it just as difficult or maybe even more difficult to get that out. I, I've seen guys break rigging. They're the reasons that our manufacturers have come up with the hydraulic panel extractors for pulling out slide rail panels because we've seen guys break rigging and put a big strain on their machine and we need to essentially invent solutions in, to get them out of situations like that. So that hydrostatic pressure is is no joke. Yeah. And Cam, you mentioned the composite matting, but really that composite matting is kind of limiting the ground pressure right on the uh, on the site itself. If I'm not mistaken, it kind of spreads that pressure out a little bit. It's kind of like when you're talking about the difference between a wheeled skid steer loader and maybe a tracked skid steer loader. Absolutely. Yeah. The uh, temporary ground protection or the composite matting does have a rate of capacity to help distribute the, uh, the weight, right? The, the load. And all of these are factors when either edging up next to an excavation or simply trying to navigate along uh, unfavorable ground conditions, right? So it, it definitely uh, helps in many different ways. So, Mark, going back up to the New England area just for a minute, transportation of this stuff is really unique, especially when you're talking about winter. And, for example, I do know that in an area that I spent quite a bit of time in my life in Michigan, they have these things called frost laws and frost laws really hinder the transport of heavy equipment as you're trying to get this stuff to a job site. And I think that you actually have those same considerations to have to follow. Absolutely, Rick. Exactly what you're talking about. There is rules and regulations when it comes to transportation and trucks on the road that that uh, change in the wintertime. You mentioned, you know, restrictions up in in Michigan, you know, a lot of cities and states will have different rules and regulations, but most of them have some sort of legislation around putting overweight or oversized or wide loads on the road during snow events or when a snow event is anticipated. When does that cause an issue? When we're trying to deliver trench boxes that may be 10 feet tall to a customer, it can cause an issue just logistically on getting getting the equipment there in time or having the equipment be delayed just 
just because of trucking. So a good rule of thumb in the winter, just with everything, is just to give yourself a little more time. We we know on job sites it's rush, rush. We got to get stuff done. Believe me, I have put together the most beautiful shoring plan, drawings, nice equipment. Everything's looking good. We got the best plan in the world and it's delivered in the one bucket in the ground. We got to get this back and get some new stuff out because there's a utility that wasn't marked. So just a reminder that that things take a little bit longer in the winter and that that winter weather can can throw a wrench into your plans, uh, not only with weather conditions, but uh, in terms of transporting the necessary equipment around as well. And the application and installation of this equipment, I can imagine too, is probably very challenging when you're talking about different weather type of conditions. And Cam, you guys have a lot of water down there, but you also have a lot of red Georgia clay down there in Georgia. So when you're talking about installation of this stuff in these wet conditions, what kind of considerations do you have to take into account? Yeah, there's quite a few, Rick. Um, number one, obviously, the, the overall surface, but then also the ground conditions and then the soils. And then, like I mentioned earlier in the in the conversation around just planning around the weather, right? I mean, let's let's take a little uh, look at the forecast four, five, six days out. And then, of course, um, you know, plan accordingly. But all of those factors um, are are essential to performing this job and, and doing doing this job safely. So, Rick, one extra thing I wanted to uh, simply add on is around the myths of seasonality in, in the in the warmer climates, right? We talk a lot about extreme weather, and that does traditionally refer to snow and ice. But on the other end of that spectrum, you know, we have the heat factor. Uh, if you do consider down in central and south Florida, um, that's that's another element in itself, right? So that affects our workforce. That, that affects the contractors in the field. Uh, we are consider we are constantly uh, reminding our team to stay hydrated, drink plenty of fluids, and and very often are we taking breaks of our own. I know that's not something that Mark wants to hear when he's up there in negative uh, temperatures and we're down here enjoying the uh, the sunset on the beach. But uh, again, those those are all factors that uh, that we must consider as well. Cam, absolutely. I'm I'm actually very glad you brought that up. Obviously, extreme temperatures of the other swing that you guys have down there, the heat and hydration is key and it is is critical on the job. It is something that we have to preach to our guys in the winter. So uh, I'm glad that you brought it up and reminded me because that's something we struggle with up here is getting guys to be focused on hydration when, you know, when they're not hot. Uh, It is hydration is important, especially in the cold as well. One really uh, unique thing I found in working throughout Central and South Florida is a lot of times our contractors or customers will actually flip to uh, night work, uh, which poses a, a whole nother um, opportunity for us, but then also uh, its own challenges. But um, in summers, it, it is not uncommon to see contractors flip to, to night work to combat the, uh, the heat factor. Cam, Mark, thank you very much for participating in this. Greatly appreciate it. Hopefully this was very informative for you folks. So this has been Behind the Standards with United Rentals. Now, should you have any questions about this topic or have suggestions about other topics that we could cover, please send us an email to urtspodcast at ur.com. On behalf of Cam, Mark, and myself, thanks for listening. Have a great day and stay safe.